The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time here on Riviera Radio where we're joined by Rob Kay. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm very well indeed. Of course, Rob is a Good. partner at Blevins Franks, and over the past few weeks we've focused our attention specifically on taxes. But the rules which directly influence those taxes are important. So this morning, I would therefore like to focus on succession law and what good planning can achieve. But first, what news financial lava caught your eye this past week? We've uh, we've had another week of what uh, can most politely be probably described as uh, what the hell is going on from a political perspective. On both sides of the channel, I might add, the UK Parliament was, well, it seemed to be a bloodbath of departing and arriving ministers, and the best cartoon I saw this week was the installation of uh, revolving doors at the entrance to number 10. That said, they were probably more apt to be inst- installed at number 11 Downing Street, which this week saw its fourth occupant in just the past 40 days. Let's see if Jeremy Hunt gets to see Christmas decorations there. Now, on this side of the channel, I'm losing track of who's on strike and when do I avoid driving, going by bus or avoiding the trains. All very confusing. But maybe the biggest surprise this week was uh, Macron's government announcing that it it will resort to Article 49.3. Current nerf toi sounds very dull and technical. So why are the French getting so excited about a chapter of the French constitution that regulates the relationship between Parliament and the government? After discussions with her cabinet, it allows the French Prime Minister to unilaterally pass any bill relating to financial or social security issues without consulting Parliament. And Macron's government has announced that it will use it to get the budget passed and press on with his plan to reform, reform French pensions. Now, successive governments have over the years had this option since 1958, and it's been fairly uh, frequently used. Macron used it in 2019 to push through the first part of the pensions reform. Francois Hollande actually used it six times. Alain Juppé before him used it twice in the 90s. Jacques Chirac shares the record with, uh, with Barr of having used or turned to the article eight times during their time as Prime Minister while Georges Pompidou used it six times back in the 1960s. This week I was always also interested to read the findings of an independent think tank on how much you need to earn in France to be counted as rich. Apparently, you're considered rich if you're single and earn over €3,700. A childless couple need to earn 5500 and a couple with, with two children need to earn 7700 per month to be considered rich. Apparently, around 4.5 million people in France tick the rich box, which is about 7% of the population. France is now one of the very few countries in the world that imposes tax on acquired wealth as well as income. So since 2018, wealth tax is only applied to real estate assets. And in France, 143 households have a liability, which is just 0.7% of the overall population. Apparently, 9,500 of these all live in the 16th arrondissement of Paris. That report seemed at odds with reports coming out of the UK where there has been a sharp rise in the number of people quitting their jobs. In the UK, a fifth of workers are planning, we are told, to resign next year in search of greater job satisfaction and better pay, a trend that has been dubbed the Great Resignation. This comes on the back of a report published by the World Health Organization back in 2019 when they officially recognized burnout as what they described as an occupational phenomenon, 
which is characterised by feelings of depression, exhaustion, cynicism, mental distance from work and poorer performance. Maybe quiet quitting, however, will become less of a frustration for managers and employers and more about driving an improvement to our work-private life balance. Yes, there's a whole avenue to go down there that we haven't got time of, have we? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's turn to succession law now. Are the French and UK rules completely different? <laughs> Pulls apart, Howard, is the best way to describe it. Um, France operates under what is known as the Napoleonic Code, and children are what's known as protected heirs, and as such they must inherit a share of their parents' estate. How much they inherit depends on how many siblings they have. If there is only one child, that child must receive 50% of the estate. If there are two children, they share two-thirds of the deceased parents' estate, and if there are three or more children, they equally share 75% of the estate. These pre-prescribed amounts are known as the non-disposable element. The remaining element is known as the freely disposable element, and you can leave it to whoever you want, your spouse, your partner, or anyone else for that matter. A common mistake we frequently see is people concentrate on the mechanics of moving to France, then once they are here, they come to see us to discuss their strategic financial planning. This situation has definitely been amplified by Brexit because arriving is not as easy as it was when the UK was a European Union member. A couple I met recently are classic examples of this situation. They moved to France, then they approached us to discuss their French tax situation. However, they are not married, but they have two children. Our tax conversation was quickly hijacked by the succession implications of a one-year and three-year-old inheriting serious wealth, the mother receiving very little, and what she does receive being hit by a 60% French succession tax bill. If we live in France, but we are British nationals, do the French rules override our wishes? Yeah, yeah very much so. If you, if you decide to live in France, you become a French resident from a tax and legal perspective, so you're treated just the same as your French neighbour. You can't have the best of both worlds, be a French resident, but choose which French rules to apply to. Brexit seems to have heightened the confusion about which country's succession rules British nationals living in France are governed by. Despite what many people seem to think, you can't avoid French succession law by simply applying for French residency but not applying for French nationality. Wills can also be quite a contentious issue because if you're a French resident but you have a UK written will, if that will is not written in accordance with Napoleonic rules, it's useless. In the UK, you can manage what happens to your assets when you die because in the UK you can leave whatever you want to whoever you want. The state and the legal system only get involved when there are no instructions or there are disputes. As I said earlier, under the Napoleonic system, the French state has a heavy hand in deciding what you can and what you can't do from a testimony perspective. Can British nationals elect to follow UK succession rules if they live in France? The, uh, the, the French forced airship rules frequently don't suit expatriate residents. Since 2015, it has been possible to use the EU succession regulation known as Brussels 4 to elect for the succession law of your country of nationality to apply when you die rather than the country of your residence. This applies to all foreign nationals living in Europe. You have to elect to use Brussels 4 in your French will or French Napoleonic law will automatically apply. However, a word of warning, before you go rushing off, Brussels 4 is not a one-stop solution. You need to understand the pros and cons. Opting for the UK rules could have unexpected consequences of making you liable 
to UK inheritance tax on all your worldwide assets, as well as French succession tax, which could ruin any succession planning you've done in France. There may be more efficient ways to achieve your estate planning. So I would strongly recommend getting professional, personal advice, which is built around your personal wishes. Now, over time, rules and laws can become a little bit liberal. This has not been the case with French succession rules. Last year, the French Constitutional Council approved new legislation which strengthened the forced heirship rules which are applied on French assets. Under the European succession regulations, a non-French national resident in France can make an election to apply the succession law of their nationality rather than the French default position, which nationals of most common law countries, such as the UK, can use to avoid the French forced heirship rules and potentially even disinherit their children. Under the new legislation, if French assets pass according to the provisions of another country's succession laws, where there are no forced heirship rules, such as the law of England and Wales, and protected heirs can then make a claim for the share they would have been entitled to under the French rules. This means children can challenge their parents' will and seek compensation. The compensation mechanism will only apply to French assets where they're deceased or the children were either habitually resident in an EU country or nationals of an EU country. And the law applied in the will of the deceased did not include a protected share for those children. Are there other ways to get around the French forced airship rules? Yeah, numerous things can be done, but the, but the biggest challenge is they have to be used in specific situations. Uh, one starting point is, is understanding how you are married. In the UK, couples simply get married. In France, the process is much more bureaucratic. Anyone who's lived here for a little while will not be surprised to hear there's a list of prenuptial requirements, and surprise, surprise, um, you must submit a dossier to the local mayor before that happens. One of the requirements is to meet a notary before you get married to discuss under what French marriage regime you will be married. The one you choose directly impacts what happens to your assets when you die, which potentially, if you think about it, could be 30, 40, maybe even 50 years later. If you are married in the UK, then move to France. France will apply a specific regime to your marriage because you haven't chosen a specific one. If the regime that is applied is the separation de bien regime, what's legally yours is treated as yours, what's your wife's or your husband's is treated legally as theirs, and what you own jointly is just split down the middle. As I'm sure you can see, those legal divisions can create some real testimony challenges. So a simple strategy to circumvent French forced heirship rules is to visit an auteur and establish a French marriage regime. Another strategy is to use a clause ton team when you buy a property. This clause must be inserted, importantly, when the compromis de vente is signed. It can't be added later. But the ton team clause ensures a jointly purchased property automatically passes to the survivor. And of course, probably the most widely used succession tax strategy is to hold your investment assets in an assurance fee, because the assets to an assurance fee stand outside of French succession law. When the life assured dies, the assets of the assurance fee automatically pass to the nominated beneficiary. This is one of the main reasons why 70% of the French population hold their investment assets in an assurance fee. Does French succession tax complicate succession planning? Uh, tax tends to complicate most things, in my experience, Howard, and uh, unfortunately in France tax is another issue that is complicated by the Napoleonic Code. In the UK, 
inheritance tax is simply paid by the estate of the deceased before the beneficiaries receive their inheritances and at a single tax rate of 40%. There are just two allowances, the nil rate band and the more recently introduced main residence allowance. In France, succession tax is paid by each beneficiary individually. The allowances beneficiaries enjoy and the rates of tax they pay vary considerably depending on the bloodline connection to the deceased. Children are allowed to receive €100,000 before they have a liability to French succession tax. Above that amount, they will pay progressive rates of tax, starting at 5% and rising to 45%. Brothers and sisters have an allowance of approximately €16,000. They then pay succession tax at 35 and 45%. Relatives in what is described as the fourth degree, such as uncles, aunts, nephews and nieces, can receive about €8,000 tax-free, but after that, they pay 55% tax. And if you want to leave some of your wealth to someone who is not of your bloodline, which we must emphasise includes unmarried partners and stepchildren, they receive just €1,600 before they start paying the French taxman succession tax at an eye-watering 60%. So, can we reduce our succession tax bill by making gifts? It's a it's a very interesting issue, especially for, for our British listeners, because in the UK, gifts form an integral part of estate planning because you can make a gift, and as long as you then live for seven years, that gift is exempt from any liability to inheritance tax. In the UK, gifts between terraces are exempt from tax. In France, above €84,000, a spousal transfer can incur a gifts tax liability, which is paid at succession tax rates. If you make a gift to a daughter or a son and that gift uses their personal allowance, so it's more than €100,000, they will have gift tax to pay, which again is paid, as I said, at succession tax rates. Their nil rate threshold has been used up and it doesn't renew until a full 15 years has then elapsed. There's no tapering system like there is in the UK with potentially exempt transfers. If you gift 100000 to your daughter and then you die within 15 years, she will pay a French succession tax on every subsequent euro cent she receives. An interesting strategy we frequently use for new residents is receiving gifts from non-French residents. So if you've not been a French resident for more than six years, you can actually receive a gift and it is totally exempt from French gifts tax. Last week we referred to the expression, tax tail of the dog wagging the whole dog. And we probably come across this most frequently with the issue of succession planning. To reduce succession tax bills, people frequently give away capital during their lifetime, which is okay if you've got enough money. But as we've seen recently, with inflation jumping and the cost of living rising sharply, if you live off your capital, you need to preserve more of your capital to provide an increased level of income. If you've given it away, it's gone. And eroding more and more of your capital to meet your income needs is not a very sound succession planning strategy. Going back to where today's conversation started, what is your advice for people who want to arrange their affairs and plan for when they are no longer around? Um, I found, Howard, that, that many of the problems we face in life or, or the world faces are down to poor communication. Leaving a loved one with a lack of knowledge or access to information is all about poor communication. I will never forget, quite a few years ago now, a widowed client shared with me, well, he wasn't widowed at the time, obviously, he shared with me the arrangements he'd made for his passing. He called his plan the pink folder, just because that was the colour of the folder where he collected all the documents his son would need when he passed away. 
Now, a few years later, this gentleman did die, and his son came over to deal with the arrangements. Now, in truth, there was very little the son needed to do, because his father had planned everything like a military operation. Following the funeral, the son went to his father's study, and remembering his instruction, he opened the drawer and took out the pink folder, which I should tell you, his father had encouraged him to look at while he was alive, but the son had understandably resisted, because that would have meant facing up to the reality of his father's death. While the, actually, while the old boy was still alive. What the son discovered in the pink folder was a detailed plan of what he needed to do. His father had explained in the pink folder where everything was, how things were arranged, who the son, the son should need to contact. The father's lawyer, his accountant. His father had even gone as far as preparing letters which the son simply needed, needed to date, sign and post. This level of planning and attention to detail are, is rare but even some basic planning is invaluable. We all need to share what we have and where it is with our loved ones, even if the actual sharing exercise happens after you die. If this isn't done, your testament wishes might not play out as you wish, and certainly more time is wasted and costs will increase. If you live in France or you're thinking of living in France and you want to create a legacy document, have a conversation with Blevins Franks. Remember, the initial conversation is entirely complimentary because until we understand if we can help you, we don't start charging. You might even get a cup of coffee. Alternatively, if you have a question or a query about anything concerning money or finance in France, also give us a call. Speak to one of our local local partners. If we can't help, we will probably know who we should put you in touch with and who can help you. So the telephone number for our French office in Valbonne is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. And if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, you can arrange a call or a meeting with one of our Monaco-based partners by telephoning Monaco 97775574. That's 97775574. And as we say every week, Howard, anyone can contact us or find out what's going on at Blevins Franks via the website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. Very interesting about that very wise man. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely, yes. Forewarned is forearmed. Many Especially thanks. So. Cheers, Howard. Have a good week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Planning on moving to France? Already living here? Make sure you get the correct tax and financial advice. The French tax regime provides opportunities for tax-efficient investing, but there are many pitfalls. Using the wrong arrangements could have major tax and succession consequences. Blevins Franks has in-depth knowledge of the local tax system and can help structure your assets to get the best out of living in France. Contact Blevins Franks today on 0493 001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.